Welcome to another episode of our digitally remastered old-time radio shows from SolvedMystery.com. Visit our website for complete collections of your favorite old-time radio series. Remember to follow us so you won't miss new releases from SolvedMystery.com. A lovely skin like yours is why romance endures, and he will whisper, I love you so very much, for you have the skin I love The Adventures of Mr. and Mrs. North, starring Alice Frost and Joseph Curtis. And brought to you by Woodbury Cold Cream, the beauty cream for the skin you love to touch. of Martha Gilroy, a young authoress who has invited the North to her uncle's palatial estate on Long Island for the not very subtle purpose of persuading Jerry to publish a novel. Pam and Jerry are in the upstairs sitting room. Oh, they're so nice. Huh? Oh, the curtain. You know, it's really a waste, Jerry. I could have five satin evening gowns with the material that's in these curtains. Yes, I suppose you could, dear. And these Drawstrings would make a perfect rope girdle. The whole effect would be grisham. Pam, dear, please, I want to finish this book on one leave. I've paid almost. Oh, that's the best of all, Jerry. I couldn't stop till I'd finished. Then would you let me... Finish? Oh, of course, dear. I didn't mean to interrupt. I think I'd like grisham. It's so dignified. And if you're a Greek, you have a word for everything. It was the Greeks who had a word for it, wasn't it, Jerry? Pam, honey, please. Oh, Jerry, just answer one question. All right. What is it? Would you love me if I were cold and austere like a Greek maiden? (laughs) Pam, honey, I'd love you anyway. Even dressed in those curtains like a Greek maiden. Jerry, you're so nice. All right, darling. Now, just let me finish this page. Isn't it an exciting book? I'll say it is. You know, it's beyond me how a girl as cultured as Martha Gilroy ever dreamed up murders like this. And it's so well written. Jerry, it'll be a bestseller. You bet. I'm going to get this into print as fast as the type can be set. It's a gold mine. Isn't that just the way, Jerry? A girl like Martha writing a book that'll make money, and and she's got so much already, she doesn't know what to do with it. Well, she hasn't got the money, Pam. It's old Uncle Gordon. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I wish we could meet him. I'd just like to tell Beatrice Van Stickle that I was hobnobbing with Gordon Gilroy, the millionaire banker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's speed. Well, you won't meet him on this trip. Martha said he had to go to Chicago on business. Jerry, do you think maybe we could wangle another invitation? Mm. You know there are real silk sheets on the bed. No. Mm-hmm. Well, come on, let's go downstairs and find Martha. 
She's probably anxious to hear our verdict on the book. Oh, I told her already. When I finished reading it this afternoon. Why, you precocious little brat. <laughs> Well, come along. Let's go and tell her that I like it, too. I'm uh, thinking this is the library door, Mr. Knott. Oh, thank you, Mrs. Knott. Sure, you need a map to navigate around this house. <laughs> yes, you certainly do. Uh-huh. It's the library. Come on, Jerry. Martha said that she... Oh. Well... Excuse us, please. We didn't know that. One minute, young lady. Who are you? Uh, good evening, sir. You're Mr. Gilroy, aren't you? Yes, I am. What's more to the point? Who are you? I'm Gerald North. This is my wife, Pamela. Uh, how do you do? May I ask what you're doing in my house? Why, we were invited by your niece, Martha. We understood you were in Chicago. This is a pleasant surprise. Uh, we have the big front bedroom and, and the lovely sitting room with the white satin curtains. Oh, a party, huh? minute my back's turned. Well, we're not exactly party guests, Mr. Gilroy. We came on business. Business? What business? Your niece has written a book I'm interested in publishing. So you're the publisher, huh? uh, You may have read I it. I have not. Very good. For your information, Mr. North, I disapprove of Martha's so-called literary efforts. She writes very well, Mr. Gilroy. And you've read the book? Oh, yes. North, that book is not for publication. But, Mr. Gilroy... When I give an order, to be obeyed. It seems to me, Mr. Gilroy, the business is between me and your niece. She wrote the book. I'm going to publish it. And I say that you're not. Mr. Gilroy, nobody tells me what I can and can't do. Why, you insolent book peddler, you... Jerry, we'd better go. Yes, I think we'd better. Wait a minute. I said that book was not to be published. I beg your pardon, sir, but I say it is going to be published. Good night. Come back here. Jerry! What's that management? Now give it to me. Oh. You'd better give it to him, Jerry. It's a little difficult to argue against the gun. Hand it over. All right. Here you are, sir. Uh, no, no, no. Look out, Jerry. Let's that go. Hold his gun. Let's go. Oh, oh, Jerry. Oh, Jerry. Oh, Jerry. You killed him. Return to Mr. and Mrs. North in just a moment. But first, let's listen to the story of Mary. Mary, Mary, nothing fairy never ever had a thing. Mary, Mary often wondered what would be her fate. Would she be single forever? Whoa, alas! Or would she hear? Mary, darling, darling, Mary, you're so lovely, Mary, me. Well, things looked pretty sad for Mary. Then one day she saw the new Columbia picture, Something to Shout About, starring luscious Janet Blair. And just afterwards, as Mary was looking through a magazine, she found these words from Janet Blair bang in front of her eyes. You'll never die for popularity if you follow Hollywood in our new beauty discovery, Woodbury Beauty Night Care. This three-minute bedtime care with Woodbury cold cream has all it takes to help skin look dazzling. I've never known any other cream so effective in giving a girl's face the luscious smoothness that makes men pay attention. So Mary rushed out and got Woodbury cold cream. That night, she started giving her skin the Woodbury beauty nightcap. And listen, a certain young man Mary had been secretly adoring, who'd never noticed Mary before, suddenly looked twice 
started pursuing, started wooing, and now they've named the day. Well, the moral is simple, girls. If your life is dull, manless, and dateless, doubtless it's because your skin needs the delicious smoothness that makes a man's top look and pursue. So, if you want the chance to say yes to romance, if you need a plan to captivate that man, if you wish he would woo, you would very true. Why don't you, tonight, that Woodbury cold cream? Now, back to Mr. and Mrs. North. Twenty minutes have passed since the shooting in Gordon Gilroy's library. Police Sergeant Mullins has taken charge. The medical examiner is leaning over the body. Doc, are you sure he's dead? Well, Sergeant, when there's no breath, no pulse, and a bullet hole, <laughs> you can be sure the body's a corpse. Okay, Doc. Mr. North. Yes, Mullins. It's my unpleasant duty, Mr. North, on your own admission. To hold you for the murder of Gordon Gilroy. Oh, but, uh, Sergeant, it was an accident. Jerry didn't mean to do it. Yeah, I know, I know, but he's admitted to shooting. I want to warn you that anything you say will be used against you. It, it, just a minute, Sergeant Mullins. Jerry's just trying to protect me. Uh, I'm the one who shot Mr. Gilroy. You? That's him, for heaven's sake. Don't complicate it anymore. Now, now, don't listen to anything he says, Sergeant. When Jerry and Mr. Gilroy were fighting, the gun dropped on the floor, and, and I picked it up and... Sam, will you stop this melodramatic nonsense? Oh, dear, this is terrible. Oh, i got to hold the both of you. Oh, say, hey, Mullins, would you come here a minute? Yeah, Doc. Is there any sign of life? Well, no, there ain't that, but uh, there's something else here. What's that? I uh, just turned the body over. Uh, look. Oh, crying out loud. Stabbed in the back. Yep, that's what did it. He was knifed after he was shot. And the bullet lodged in the shoulder. But it wasn't fatal. Where's the knife? Well, of course, I'm just a doctor. <laughs> You're the detective. Well, thanks heavens he was stabbed. That clears Mr. and Mrs. North. What is it? Uh, say, Mr. North. Yes, Mullen. Did you use a knife on the deceased? A knife? A knife. There wasn't any knife, Sergeant. Oh, my goodness. I'm glad to hear you say that. Of course, he was stabbed to death. Well, uh, just a minute. I'm I'm going, Mullins, now, and your men can take pictures. Oh, thanks, Doc. And if your tenant wagon wants me, when he gets here, I'll be at the laboratory. So long, Sergeant. Uh, so long, Doctor. Jerry, it must have happened while you were out calling the police, and I was getting the first aid kit from upstairs. Yes. How long was you out of the room? Oh, not more than three or four minutes. Did you see anybody drifting around the halls about then? No, the phone's in the alcove in the hall. I could see the library door all the while. Nobody went in or out. Jerry, the murderer must have come in those French doors. Say, that's about the size of it. He could have come right in here and gone out again, and nobody's been the wiser. What does that door lead to, Mullen? There's a terrace out here that runs the length of the house. The murderer must have been waiting out there while we were in here with Mr. Gilroy. Well, that could be. Cold as an Eskimo's nose outside. Well, we've got a job in our hands. We've got to find that knife. May I come in? Oh, hold on now. Wait a minute. I told you to stay in the other room. Well, I, I can't say that with a servant. I, I'm so nervous I can't sit still. Mother... Did your uncle have any enemies who want him out of the way? What do you mean? That shot didn't kill your uncle, Martha. He was stabbed in the back. Oh. oh have you any idea who could have done it? No. I'm afraid he had a good many enemies. He was pretty ruthless in business. Yes, I can imagine that. Well, whoever did it knew something about the house. 
It was an inside job. I suppose you're right. Of course I'm right. Only somebody knowing the terrace and... Say, wait a minute. Why did you say that? Well, it was just that nobody knew Uncle Gordon was here. He was supposed to be in Chicago. Whoever did it must have known he was in the house. All right. Who was in the house? Well, the, the servant. And anybody else? There's my aunt, Mrs. Gilroy. Where is she? I don't know. She, she was upstairs earlier in the evening. You never mentioned your aunt to us, Martha. We seldom mention her to anyone, Sam. She walked out on Uncle Gordon about a year ago. This afternoon, she suddenly appeared and and said she wanted to talk to him and was going to wait until he came back. Uh, I guess we'll have to look up this lady. Anybody else? No. Oh, oh wait. Uh, Norman Cross. Who's he? Uncle Gordon's private secretary. He, he must have come back with Uncle Gordon. He was supposed to go to Chicago. Did you see him? No, I, I didn't even know Uncle Gordon was back. So after the shooting... Well, there's another guy to round up. Where does he live? There's a room on the ground floor in the servant's wing. And I... Well, there's something you'll find out about him sooner or later. He, he embezzled $10,000 from Uncle Gordon. $10,000? Why didn't Gilroy turn him over to the police? He was going to, but he, he couldn't afford to until after the Chicago trip because, oh, Crosby had compiled some lists or, or papers. Well, or... there's your motive. I'm going out and find this. Oh, Luke, I'm glad you got here. Hello, Sergeant. Hi, Pam. Sure. Oh, Hello, Bill, Bill, I'm so glad you got here. Oh, well, what's the case, Mullen? Over here, Lute, is the body. It's Mr. Gordon Gilroy, the banker. That guy who owns his house. Yes, ma'am. This would be a wonderful time to look for that knife. All the servants are in the next room. We could go through their things. Oh, ma'am, we can't take any chances. I'm seriously mixed up in this business. And... Jerry, we must find that knife. There, there may be fingerprints. That's Bill Wigan's job. Now, here. now, darling, don't say another word. We're going to the servants' room. <laughs> Good reason to want to get rid of him. Jerry, you're not paying a bit of attention. Look, Pam, 
What? On the floor. There by the dress. Jerry, is it really blood? Yes, I think so. Trails over to this door. Jerry, don't. Don't open that door. I'm afraid I must have. Look the other way, dear. All right, Jerry. Go ahead. Good Lord. Is it Mr. Cross? Yes, He's been stabbed, too. Well, you didn't hear the shots or any commotion here in the library, Mr. Gale. I didn't hear a thing, I tell you. Bill, could we see you a moment? Uh, in a second, Jerry. Uh, come in and sit down. Good morning, Sam. Now, Mrs. Gilroy, you've been separated from your husband for over a year, as you say. What are you doing here in this house? A little matter of money. I've been supporting you? <laughs> it wasn't support, just a slight prop. And last month it fell down. And that's what I came to see him about. Did you know he was going to Chicago? Not till I got here. Arthur told me when I arrived. Arthur? He's the butler. Oh. Oh, yeah. So you went up to your old room to wait until Gilroy came back. You pardon my saying so, but you're a strange woman to be married to a banker like Mr. Gilroy. You mean he was a strange man to be married to a girl like me? And you're right. He took me out of the follies 11 years ago. But let me tell you, brother, the dough he spent on me didn't come anywhere near paying for what I had to put up with. What do you mean? The conceited, double-dealing old hypocrite. I... I don't like to say things about the dead. But if there ever was a guy that deserved a bullet, it was Gordon Gilroy. So you gave him one, is that it? <laughs> I'm not that crazy. He was my meal ticket. All right, Mr. Gilroy. Excuse me a minute. Sure. My time is your time. You want to see me, Jerry? Sam and I just found Crosby. He's dead. Good night. I had him pegged for the guilty party. Oh, but I told Jerry. He could have sneaked out the window. Come here, Bill. I'll show you from the French door. But, Pam, that whole theory's out now. He's dead. Well, but that doesn't make any difference. He could have done it, and then somebody could have murdered him. Now, uh, look out this door to the left, Bill. Yes? Uh, see that room where the light... Look! Somebody's climbing out a window. Stop! The name of the law! He's starting to run. Stop, don't shoot! Come on, Jerry. Pam, stay here. That fellow may start shooting back. no. His hands are up. Bill's got him. Hurry, Jerry. We'll miss right, everything. Put up your hands now. Come down. I got nothing to do with anything that's going on in this house. Who is it, Bill? Two good racketeer known as Red Barton. What are you doing here, Red? Nothing. Honest, I didn't take nothing. Oh, Red. Red, are you hurt? No, honey, no. Oh, he was shooting after I thought... Wait a minute. This is funny business. Huh? Oh, well... You know. No, I don't know. Well, Sally and me... We've been going around together. Oh, I see. And what about it? You pick nice company, Mrs. Gilroy. The kind that leaves by the window. Sure, with the joint loaded with cops, I should stick around. <laughs> Come on. <clears throat> Back to the house before we freeze. Okay, I got nothing to hide. I was just waiting for the to get finished with a Ooh. Come along, Jerry. I'm beginning to shiver. Just a minute, then. What are you staring at? Look. There, on the side of the building. 
a rain spot. Jerry. So that's why we couldn't find the knife. Lieutenant, I don't care if you lock me up or what you do. I didn't have nothing to do Red with it. Red was with me all the time. Sure. We were upstairs. Quiet, both of you. Oh, Bill, I'd like to see you. Oh, just a did. second, Jerry. I want What's the matter? You haven't found another body, have you? No, not yet, Bill. But we may. Well, what's up, Bill? Then Pam and I were outside just now. We Wait, saw... Jerry. Wasn't Mr. Gilroy's gun on the desk there? Huh? Well, it's gone now. Hmm. Uh, just a minute. Jerry. I went out after that button. Did Mrs. Gilroy leave this room when I did? Uh, no, no. She followed us. Yeah. Do you think she picked up the gun? Listen carefully. I need to take Red into the next room and turn him over to Mullins. You follow us. I want Mrs. Gilroy to be here alone. What do you think she'll do? Let's see. Bill's setting a trap. Well, don't spring it. Mrs. Gilroy, you wait here. All right, detective. All right, Red. You can come with me. Come along, Pam. Excuse us, please, Mrs. Gilroy. Indefinitely, dearie. That's that Mrs. Gilroy. You'd think I came here to borrow a cup of sugar. <laughs> Come on, Pam. Bill's gone in the living room. I wonder what that woman's going to do now that we... Jerry. What is it? Look, across the hall, behind that screen... I can't see anything behind the screen. Even the nearest one. What? It's mother. She's got her hat and coat on. We'd better stop her, Jerry. Playing hide and seek, mother? Oh, no, don't tell anyone, please. I, I've got to get out of this house. You can't leave now. If you run away, Martha, they'll suspect you. I can't stay. Uncle Gordon's dead and, and Crosby and... I'm going to be next. Oh, Believe me, you don't know what's going on in this house. I, I'm going to be next. I, I haven't a chance. Martha, don't. Come into the parlor. You're shaking like a leaf. Now, there's a nice big couch. You stretch out there. Poor darling. Now, Mother, who's frightening you? Don't do it. She's the one who killed Uncle Gordon. How do you know? He, he wouldn't give her a divorce. She wanted to marry Red Bart. But she wouldn't kill him. You don't know her. She'd do anything to get what she wants. Wait a minute, Martha. Is she the woman you had in mind when you wrote your book? Yes. She tricked Uncle Gordon into marrying her. She spent his money like water. Why wouldn't your uncle divorce her? Oh, Uncle Gordon was no saint either. She, she had too much on him. If she were no longer his legal wife, she'd blackmail him out of every last hand. Well, he couldn't let her go for his own protection. I'm going to get Bill Wigan. He should hear this. I'll be right back. Oh, Pam, I'm so frightened. Sally knows I suspect it. She's going to try to put me out of the way. Yeah, hold on, oh, Martha. Pam, I... Now lie down. <laughs> try to be calm. Pam, <laughs> would you get me some aspirin and water? I've got to have some. Of course, dear. Oh, thank you. I'll be back in the gym. Now, you just close your eyes. Jerry will be here with Bill and the All right. Martha, 
Hey, look out. Don't touch anything. Oh, she's... Stop steady, Pam. All right. Show me plenty. Oh, thank you. Look, Bill. A sofa right over her head. Hmm. Bullet hole. That was a close oh. call. What a... You're all right, dear. She, she almost killed me. She? From, from the French doors. I I saw the gun and, and I ducked. Are you positive it was Dolly? Did you see her? Oh, only her hand holding the gun. I, I've got to get out of here. She'll kill oh, me. Oh, no, she won't. I'll take care of her right now. Bill, wait a minute. Don't go. What is it, Pam? There's something I want to ask Martha. What? In that book you wrote, Martha, wasn't the character who did all the killing patterned after Dolly Gilroy? Yes. And one of her victims was a political boss, an unscrupulous man who controlled millions and, and killed others for money. Yes. Was that man your uncle? No, no, no. Just an imaginary person. That's not the truth, Martha. That man was your uncle. No. Pam, I see what you mean. You're right. Cross, Jerry. That's why Gordon Gilroy didn't want the book published. What are you talking about? Every crime Gordon Gilroy ever committed was described in that novel. Detail by detail. It was taken from real life. Martha, you wrote that book to blackmail your own uncle. Why, Pam! Oh, why, Pam, me. You're not as sweet as you look, Martha Gilroy. What are you driving at? You didn't expect your uncle back tonight, did you? And you didn't know that he was on to your blackmailing scheme until you saw him fighting with Jerry through the French doors in the library. You're crazy. Oh, no, I'm not. When your uncle was shot and Jerry and I left the room to get help, you saw a good chance to kill him. But you needed a weapon, a gun, or a knife. What are you... So you grabbed the closest thing at hand, a heavy icicle hanging from the rain spout on the side of the house. How did you... You're crazy. You stabbed your uncle with an icicle. No wonder we couldn't find a knife. She broke another one off to kill Norman Crosby. He saw her go into the library with the ice dagger. She killed him. To All stop right. Him. You're so smart. Figure this out. I'll just don't move any of you. So you took the gun, Miss Gilroy. A very clever observation, Lieutenant. Martha, you can't possibly get away. Give me that gun. <laughs> now, don't make matters worse. You probably had a good reason for killing your uncle. The court will take things into consideration. Yes, you... I had a good reason to kill him. He murdered my father. That's how he got all his money. He drove dead to suicide and stole every cent. Gordon Gilroy, the great philanthropist. Put down that gun. I'm not through with it yet, Lieutenant. There's one more death on the books of the Gilroy family. Mother, stand back. I don't want to have to kill you. Gary, somebody did do something. I'm the only one who could do anything, and and here goes. So long, everybody. Down! Look out, Pam. Oh, 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 don't give me that gun. Stop it. Let me go. Let me go. Oh, let me do it my own way. Nice work, Gary. You pulled that rug from under her just in time. Jerry, how did you ever think of it? Mullins, take care of Miss Gilroy. Okay, Luke. All <laughs> right, Miss, come along with me. You take the prize. How did you know Martha was, was the one? Well, I, I knew she was lying, so I, I just put two and two together. Sure enough, she was the one. How did you know she was lying? And what about? I'll try to make sense here. Well, it was right after somebody shot at Martha in this room. I, I was the first one in here, remember? Yes. Well... Martha said the shot came from the French doors. But when I ran in, I smelled burnt powder and saw smoke hanging in the center of the room. She stood right here in the middle of the room and fired that gun herself. Nice going, Pam. Poor Martha. Oh, but... Jerry. Now you can't publish that book. Yep. There goes a bestseller right out the window. (laughs) 
A mink coat costs a lot. But the luxurious-looking, luscious complexion that goes with it can be yours for so little. Use Woodbury Cold Cream. You just can't give your skin better care at any price. A test by more than a thousand women proved that. They use Woodbury in some of the costliest creams, all in plain, unlabeled jars. And a majority preferred Woodbury Cold Cream. For beauty results, they found it outstanding. Now, don't be surprised. Remember, Woodbury Cold Cream is made by skin scientists. Experts in skin care for more than 60 years. It contains four special softening and smoothing ingredients, plus an element that works to keep the cream in the jar pure to the last. The world's costliest creams don't bring you that. You can try wonderful Woodbury Cold Cream for a mere 10 cents, or buy the big economy jar. You get over 10 times as much for just 75 cents. If, after using Woodbury only seven days, your skin isn't softer and smoother, lovelier, then return the jar to Woodbury at Cincinnati, Ohio, and you'll get twice what you paid. That's W-O-O-D-B-U-R-Y. You'll save by switching from your expensive cream to Woodbury. Buy war stamps with that saving. Why not get Woodbury cold cream right now? Tune in again next Tuesday evening at the same time for another adventure of Mr. and Mrs. North when a barefooted corpse manages to put his shoes on. For thrills and for laughs, be sure to listen, won't you? This is Ben Grauer saying goodnight for Woodbury Cold Cream, the beauty cream for the skin you love to touch. This program came to you from New York. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Thank you for joining us and enjoying our digitally remastered old-time radio shows from SolvedMystery.com. Please remember to leave us a review and to follow us for frequent releases.